I have my own opinions about polyamory, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to be in a monogamous relationship. Considering <laughs> the time and age that yeah. we're in, right? I think polyamory is it's a better substitute for infidelity. Unless you have something, you know, oh. unless there's something about cheating, that actual act, act of doing something you're not supposed to be doing, that adds to the kink, you know? I think I'd rather be with someone in an open relationship who I know that, okay, you're going to be with somebody else while I'm not there and things like that, as opposed to you cheating behind me. Hence why I'm open to that conversation. But a lot of Christians would think that's sinful. And then also the whole sex before marriage. I have my own totally different opinions about that. I think sex after marriage, like, or saving yourself to for marriage, thinking that that is the norm, that, that to me sounds absurd, in my opinion. I think you need to test drive the engine before... <laughs> you, the car before you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you sign the dotted line because you know what does it say you try the milk first before you buy the cow exactly like you're gonna be terrible to think about other people as cows but i mean in the spirit of pragmatism (laughs) that's basically what it is you know like this is the person that you're supposed to ride or die to basically if you're if you and your partner or your spouse are 60 years old and you got married at 20 that's 40 years you've lived with them more than your parents if that makes sense right so don't you want to be as intentional as possible to sign these dotted line with this person the commitment has to be like you're in it in or you're out to taste the milk <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta taste the milk, yeah, the milk make sure yeah, yeah. you know it's, it's, it's uh, got the amount of fat that yeah. is necessary two percent i like the two percent cows i like three <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about nietzsche lots of stuff lots nietzsche of He's okay. great. Yeah, what do you want to know about him? So one of the things I found about um He's super controversial. He is. And anything is. I say, your your com- the comments are gonna be like, he's wrong, Nietzsche didn't mean it that way. Yeah, <laughs> no matter is. what I say. I, I remember before I actually started taking um, the philosophy program at HBU, um, I was doing a little bit of research and I came across Friedrich Nietzsche. I'm like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things about him. Didn't he not believe in God or something like that? Yeah, well, he was the he was the philosopher that said God is dead. Yeah, God is dead. Yes, I think there's actually God. a book about that as well. Something about there's no God or something like that. Yeah, he wrote a one book where he's very critical of uh, Christianity. It's called The Antichrist. The Antichrist. Which is him. He's like, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm the Antichrist. I've yeah. been called the Antichrist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah. Really? I, I was so, like, honored. Who called you that? Someone. It, it's not the first time Nigerians think so horrible of me because of how I am anti. Like, like some of the things I say don't necessarily align with. You seems so extreme. I try not to let it get in my head and pump my ego, but it felt, it felt right. It felt good. Like, I'm, Thank you. Thank I'm, you very I'm much. the table shaker. <laughs> <laughs> but um, unless you have something yeah. that Nietzsche is very big on, I do want to talk about nihilism. Okay. Well, yeah. Unless you have something else. No, let's do it. So what is nihilism? Tell her. Oh, well, okay. Philosophy. So there's, there's like nihilism the way most people talk about it. Yeah. Right. And then there's Nietzsche's version of nihilism. Okay. Okay. So the way most people talk about nihilism is this view that like nothing really matters. There's no okay. real value. There's no real purpose. Okay. Right. And so, you know, if you want to act as though there's purpose or meaning, that's up to you. Mm. But it's just an act. There isn't uh, any real meaning or purpose there for us to find. Now, some people say, well, okay. But we can make purpose. Mm. Okay? And so those people we call, those are existentialists. Mm. Right? They're going to create value. They're going to create meaning. 
through like acts of of choice of creativity and so on uh, but a nihilist would just say all that's made up you're just you know imagining you know the future so like a, there's a there's a nihilist uh who is the the character on that show the the grumpy doctor uh dr house i don't know if you ever watched the show that has that that british uh actor that had the american accent fooled everybody they thought he was american <laughs> anyway but he he's a nihilist he says something like you know when someone asks about human beings he's like well you know humans are just these creatures crawling across face of an uncaring planet and you know on a good day they avoid killing each other and are like that's it that's there's nothing there's no meaning past that so they're schopenhauer yeah yeah yeah. so when but when someone says uh you know there's a they're a nihilist they mean something like they don't believe anything Mm. now what nietzsche means by nihilism is the destruction of um it's like the destruction of categories that are there in nature so Mm. take human beings okay Human beings, and this is Nietzsche, okay? Mm-hmm. Human beings, um, there is a natural hierarchy that occurs between them. Okay. You got better humans and worse humans. Noble and common. Okay. Elite and, you know, peasants or the rabble or whatever. Yeah. And there's different moralities for each one. They care about different things. And some are more important than others. Now, um... Imagine a belief system that tried to destroy all of those differences. Mm. And said, everybody's the same. We're all equal. Maybe we're all bad. Like we're all sinners, mm-hmm. you know? And so then we all need to apologize all the time for everything we've ever done or thought. Mm-hmm. And, and basically you've got like the tall stalks and the short ones. And we're just going to cut everything off mm-hmm. at the same point. And so what we've done is we've taken human beings, this proud species, something that should be maybe like the most, the most glorious predator of any species on the planet, and we've turned them into like a bunch of cows, mm-hmm. you know, or sheep. That's what people say now. Like they're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we're just a bunch of sheep, mm-hmm. you know, have no agency, we have no, no achievement, we're just chewing the grass and waiting to get butchered by, mm-hmm. you know someone else uncle sam yeah <laughs> yeah defending um so so <clears throat> then what that belief system would have done yeah. is made human beings into nothing hmm. and so that he says is nihilism nihilism is this belief system that flattens all of the hierarchies makes everybody equal makes us our own enemies like we look in the mirror and we're guilty feel you know like our good fortune is something that we didn't earn that we need to repent and all this other stuff. So he's anti that then. Yeah. Because he so so what oh, what is okay. so what is this belief system? It's Christianity. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, so he's anti nihilist. He says Christianity is nihilist. I see. I see. So it's, it sounds like he is his more so um, pushing for humans tapping into their natural centric natures because humans, to yeah. me, are naturally inherently eccentric. 
you know, in your own way, which is different from mine, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So we need to cater to all of that as opposed to just putting everyone under the same. So he has this view of, like, what are the instincts of life? So the instincts of life are things like um, the will to dominate others, mm. to win, mm. right? To, to, like, defeat the other person and feel that thrill of victory. Right? There's that. There's the desire for procreation. There's the desire for revenge. These are these are all like, like what it means to be alive, mm. right? And we see this in the animal kingdom. This is what the animals do. They fight each other. They reproduce. <laughs> you know, um, when the when one lion displaces another one and takes over the pride, and they you know puff themselves up, they won. Mm -hmm. You know, they feel the victory, and that victory is what enables them to continue the species. Mm. So, so think about this, right? So the desire for revenge, desire to procreate, uh, the desire to win, to dominate others. Christianity calls all these sins. So is he advocating for those being okay? Yeah. Oh. Well, they should be, right? Because that's what life is. Again, this is his argument. Right? Mm. That that's life. If you have a philosophy that says those are bad, or you're the enemy, those are the enemy, or you're just the enemy of life. Mm. Why should we be listening to that? Right? Anybody in their right mind, when they heard you know, Christianity talking about like, oh, you know, blessed are the poor, and sell all you have and give it away. And, right? Of course, I remember I'm caricaturing a little bit because yeah. this, is, this is Nietzsche's view. Yeah. But like any, any, any right-thinking society, when it hears that stuff, ugh, you know, you got to... You have to reject that view. Yeah. And the empire tried to, right? I mean, the Christianity was illegal for a mm. long time. Good for them. Right, again, it's Nietzsche. So, um, but Christianity takes over, and now it's the enemy of life. Mm. So, uh, if Christianity was allowed to stay uh, in its full force, uh, Nietzsche thinks civilization would have been over. Mm. So, I mean, keep, keep in mind, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, if your right eye offends you, right, and if your right eye causes you to lust, what does he say? Take it out. It's better to walk through life half blind than to be thrown into hell. If your right hand offends you, chop it off. You have some early, some early Christian ascetics that are chopping things off in order to obey the command not to lust. Right? So let's say a society really does buy that. Ooh, what that's painful. What happens, to the, what happens to that society? Is there a next generation? Yeah. No. Yeah. Right? What, what causes the next generation to happen is people lusting after each other. <laughs> right? yeah. If you don't have that, yeah. there's no children. Yeah. Right? So... We got to somehow rescue lust mm. from the Christians, and so what he says, what happens is that uh, you've got society creates this whole new thing uh, where they can smuggle lust back in <laughs> to society to to in order for society to be saved. Prostitution. No, love. <laughs> <laughs> so think about it, right? So you you go to you go to a wedding. You do you go to weddings? Do you like weddings? Yeah, sure. I've I've been to a couple. I kind of enjoy them. Right? They're really <laughs> okay. fun. Uh, what I mean, what are we celebrating? They're pretentious, but yeah, they are. 
truly. No. The veil myth we were no. joking with here, yeah. But who, what are we celebrating with a wedding? Love. What is this party about? What is Love. it really about? Show people how awesome we are. I don't know. No. Depends. No. What's what's a what's a wedding really about? Well, I go to Nigerian weddings. It's supposed to be a union, right? Yeah. What kind of union? Between a man and a woman. Go on. Oh, sex. Yes. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's well, a yeah. party celebrating sex. Sex. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, it's like yeah. these two people. Yeah. They couldn't stop themselves. They're gonna in order to have sex with each other and be, and be legit, yeah, right? Not yeah. hidden away where you're not supposed to do this stuff. Right? Yeah. In order to be legit. They're going to promise each other all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm going to love you forever and all that oh, stuff. Oh, okay, right? okay. In order to make the sex legitimate. Look then, palatable for in a Christian yes. world. Yeah, okay. So everyone's going to dance around the party. We're all going to, you know, toast the bride and groom. And what we're really, this is a sex party. Yeah. Right? We're celebrating those two people having sex. Yeah. Right? Now, we cover it over. We don't want to admit this to ourselves. Yeah. Because if we did, it would be a little weird. Yeah. Right? A little scandalous. So, we say, well, uh, it's really about love. Wow. Right? It's joining of these two lives. It's like yeah. It's the joining of these two bodies. We know really... what they're going to be doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was at this one wedding where... Um, you know, they, a lot of times they'll you'll you'll have the wedding venue and then you yeah. have the reception. Right? Yeah. So wedding happens, everything's fine. Yeah. And then everyone goes to the reception. So it gets to the reception and the bride and groom show up, you know, about fifteen minutes later and like they're clearly adjusting their clothes and yeah. stuff. It's like Oh my god. Already <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the limo, you know, like, Oh, we're here, you know, we're now married, so you know, this is like a couple that would have you know, saved themselves from marriage, abstinence before, and all that stuff, right? A conservative couple, but hey, now it's now it's okay. In the name of God. Yeah. You yeah. know, they were naked and not ashamed. Yeah. As it says in Genesis. So they come out, everyone kind of knows what happened, but no one's scandalized by it. Okay. Why would they be, right? Because that's what we're all here to celebrate. Yeah. These two people having sex. Okay, so, okay. Okay. So, so we rescue sex. We rescue lust. So who's the we? The society? Society. Because they knew, they came to find out that the Christian extremist way is just not, it's not, it's not pragmatic enough. Well, yeah. So, I mean, think about, think about the other parts. Like, okay, revenge. Okay. okay. What kind of country is like, oh, if we're invaded, we need to turn the other cheek. <laughs> Literally no one. Yeah. What, what happens to that country? A dead. Yeah, it's Yeah, it's just going to be taken yeah. over. Yeah. So we need to somehow save revenge. Yeah. So what are we going to call it? We're going to call it self-defense. We're going to call it just war theory. Okay, so so that. it seemed like what he yeah. is advocating for is pragmatism then. Yeah. Which is what I, I do as well. I, I talk about, like, okay, there are certain behaviors. Okay, let me ask this first before yeah. I, I jump into how I feel like I possibly align with what he's saying. So Christianity, he is anti-Christian. Yes. Okay. So, in replacement for that, what does he is he is he pushing for law? Is there some type of law or order? We should, we should rewrite morality. We should rewrite it. Yeah. In a in a lawful way or just laissez faire. No, we should rewrite it to help or to be more aligned with with nature, with life. Which is it incorporates lust, lust, revenge, revenge, dominance, so on and so forth. Right. So if we if we do that, so so it's not it's not saying like you know, anarchy, right? Maybe okay. maybe marriage is great. 
Okay. Like he actually, there's this uh, opera about, uh, it's called Luther's Wedding. Okay. Right. So, you know, Martin Luther is the reformer in Germany. Yeah. A former monk. Monks had to take vows of celibacy. Uh-huh. But when he leaves the Catholic Church to start a new movement, and it's like, wait, there's nothing in the Bible about monks needing to be celibate. Mm-hmm. He gets married. He marries a former nun. Okay. So it's a wedding. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's an opera about it. So Nietzsche writes glowing things about this opera. Right, this wonderful uh, acceptance of uh, of life, of, of beginning again, of throwing off the the sort of ridiculous rules that didn't mean anything, finding love and in, in, in this you know unusual place, and mm-hmm. you know having family, having children. So it's like okay, maybe maybe marriage is good because not not because it sort of covers over lust, but maybe it channels lust in a really great way. So in order to do lust really well, like to not not do it in a, like, like a crappy way where it's like just spread around and mm-hmm. there's no focus to it, there's no consistency to it. It's like cheap lust. Why don't we do really good lust? And maybe the best way to do it is within a marriage. Maybe not. I don't know, right? But but instead of saying instead of creating love as a way to hide the fact mm-hmm. that we're about still valuing lust. Why don't we make a set of rules or make a morality that celebrates lust and tries to bring it to its full expression, to its full flower? And doesn't that that is not pretending that we are not the animals that we are. Exactly. It's it's sort of like, okay, okay, I get it. That's pragmatism. It it is a kind of pragmatism. But in the process, though, like I said, very anti-Christian. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I've been called the Antichrist as well. Because Because you've been too pragmatic? Yeah, I am a pragmatist. Uh Because a lot of the nonsense that I grew up being taught is just that, nonsensical. Mm -hmm. You know, which is why you have all these happily married people, but they're cheating in the background. You know, this this why I say, like, you know, like, you know, like I have my own opinions about polyamory, for example, right? Mm-hmm. I would prefer to be in a monogamous relationship, you know, and things like that. Monogamy. Yeah, but Whoa, but so kinky. So kinky. <laughs> but but considering the, considering the time and age that yeah. we're in, right? I think polyamory is it's a better substitute for infidelity, unless you have something, you know, oh. that unless there's something about cheating, that actual act act of doing something you're not supposed to be doing, that adds to the kink, you know. I think I'd rather be with someone in an open relationship who I know that, okay, you're going to be with somebody else while I'm not there and things like that, as opposed to you cheating behind me. Hence why I'm open to that conversation. But a lot of Christians would think that's sinful or the whole th- uh, uh, conversation. It's usually the lies that are the, like the really painful part. Yeah, but what well, uh, Christians will tell you that, you know, you should stick to one person and, you know, yeah. things like that. And I said, no, there's nothing wrong with that, but not everyone is about that life. You know what I mean? And then also the whole sex before marriage and things like that. I have my own totally different opinions about that. I think sex before sex after marriage, like or saving yourself to for marriage, you know, and thinking that that is the norm that that to me sounds absurd, in my opinion. Right. I think you need to test drive the engine before you, <laughs> you, the car before you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you sign the dotted line because, you know, what does it say? You try the milk first before you buy the cow. Exactly. Like you're going to be terrible to think about other people as cows. But I mean, in the lot. spirit of pragmatism, <laughs> that's basically what it is. You know, like this oh is my. the person that you're supposed to ride or die till 
Basically, if you're if you and your partner or your spouse are sixty years old and you got married at twenty, that's forty years you've lived with them yeah. without you know more than your parents, if that makes sense. Right. So don't you want to be as intentional as possible to sign these dotted line with this person, you know? Yeah. And so make sure that it, you're compatible sexually uh, included. Think of it like this. I I think so this is gonna sound a little weird, but um I think <laughs> I know, I right? checked the time. <laughs> uh this is gonna sound a little weird, but I think we we put way too much emphasis on sex. Yeah, I was just saying that the yeah. other day. Way yes. too much, and so it's like it becomes something where that's that's the main thing about you, mm. right? Like like when I look in the mirror, what do I see? You know, do I see you know a dad or someone who you know reads a lot or yeah. whatever? You know, instead it's like no, I'm supposed to look at myself as like I'm someone. Who, what do they call it? Like the cis heteronormative, right? Like so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm someone who falls in love with women, and wants to have sex with women, and that's who I am. That's really what I. That's the most important yeah. thing about me. Is that it's like, no, yeah, you know. Or then in a marriage, it's like the most important thing. The thing that makes this marriage worthwhile is that we, out of all the sexual partners that I've had. This is the best one. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. really? Is it really? That, that is the answer? But that's what <laughs> Christianity... I, well, I, a lot of people pretend in the name of Christianity. And I'm saying that does, that does not oh, work. No one should be pretending. Right? The pretend thing is... Why would anybody... Like, why is that good? You, if you start pretending, you start to believe it yourself. And then now you're pretending to yourself. Right? Okay. So... so I, Let's not do the pretend thing, right? Again, this is when this is Nietzsche's take on Christianity. Okay. Right? I don't think it's real Christianity. Um, if I was convinced that Nietzsche's version of Christianity was the real Christianity, I wouldn't want to be. That sounds terrible, right? Um, so uh, I think Christianity actually does celebrate the beauty of physical love, physical attraction between yeah. people. Um, but I don't think I don't I, I think it's wrong for us to say like that's what makes mm-hmm. a marriage. Is that you're having the best sex? Yeah. Right. What makes a marriage is a commitment to be family to the other person. Yeah. One of my best friends used to say, and he'd been married for a good while, the same age, but he'd been married for like almost twenty years. Mm-hmm. So he recently he was texting me the other day, past the point where he had been married for longer than he'd been single. Mm-hmm. You know, in his early forties, he got married real young and they've been married. Mm-hmm. And he said, marriage is a commitment, so people change. And so marriage is a commitment to be with the other person while they change. No matter what. Right? So like you're there to enjoy the change with yeah, them, yeah. whatever that change is. And sometimes, but I mean, this is the thing that we appreciate about family. Mm-hmm. So I have two brothers I'm very close with, and we've gone through all sorts of different things together. We've changed a lot mm-hmm. since we were kids. And it's not like, oh, wow, you know. I guess they're not my real brothers anymore because mm. we're different than we were when we started. Yeah. It's like, no, now they're really my brothers because yeah. we've gone through all this together and we've become different people together. Yeah. So that's unconditional love. Yeah. So if you think about marriage as a commitment to be family to the other person, mm. well, then, yeah, I mean, the sex part. Which is great, yeah. you know, and you want it to make it as you want that to be 
the best it possibly can be. Mm-hmm. But it's not the focal point. It's not the focal point. Yeah. But it's in the way you want everything about that relationship to be yeah. the best it can. You want to be the most supportive of each other you can. You want to be the most devoted to each other's happiness that you can. You want yeah. to both be in the other person's corner for real, not mm-hmm. just like, well, the other person's doing well, but when they're doing badly as well, yeah. to be there for them. And to do all that to the maximum. Well, that's, you know, that's the interesting part about about marriage, I think. Yeah. You know, so in that case, um, you know, talking about like the sex before marriage or test driving or whatever, it's like, well, if the really interesting part is the commitment, how are we supposed to test drive a commitment? Yeah, well... The commitment has to be like, you're in, it, in or you're out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, what, what I was talking about, of course, I was trying to also be funny, um, but test driving is like... <laughs> the taste the milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You gotta taste the milk. <laughs> Make sure you know it's, it's, it's got the amount of fat that yeah. is necessary. Two percent. I like the two percent cows. I like three. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so my point of what I'm trying to say is, um, it takes a while to get to know someone. True. You you, yeah. you need to integrate yourself with someone because you have to understand you're coming from this walk of life they're coming from this walk of life especially if you've uh you were raised in different cultures different countries nationalities and, and things like that you have to find a way to integrate yourself in each other's lives and that takes time right body mind and spirit right sex should not be the focal point but it's also an important thing people break up sure. because of sex or lack of sex or too much sex or whatever it is right it, it has caused a problem like if you have a partner that has hypersexuality or whatever and you're not you're not able to match it becomes annoying you know that kind of stuff it could be a thing that not could today. exactly <laughs> it could be a thing that could create a crack and over yeah, time that crack gets bigger you know so i'm not going to just dismiss it as something that's so mm-hmm. trivial it's still very important sure. but it's not the focal point so in the in the process of getting to know someone i think two people coming together right you know whether it's a man and a woman two men two women whatever you're trying to form a union a family unit you need to be intentional in getting to know that person holistically. Now, if both of you, sex is trivial to both of you, then let it be. But to assume that, hey, you know what, everything else but this part, mm, yeah, that's just, you know, don't touch, don't do that. Like that, to me, that's absurd, mm-hmm. right? If both of you are sexual beings and you want to explore your bodies, right, amongst other things that you're exploring together, don't get me wrong, it's not just the body, then I think you should. What is the point of exploring everything else and then getting to the wedding night or whatever it is, right? And then come to realize you're not really sexually compatible, right? We can that sit would be here. Pretty tragic. Exactly. Yeah. We can sit here and pretend, you know, like for example, um, you know, a lot of women say size don't matter, size do matter. What if it's not a size that is that that actually does matter to you? In mm-hmm. the beginning, it may seem doable, <laughs> but time will come when that crack will get bigger. Or, you know, if it's a partner that likes um, a particular sexual act mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily enjoy it that much, but they like that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it may be doable, but after a while, he'll be on Beast on that looking for... Oh, you know, no. <laughs> looking That's for, kind of infamous now. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. So, I, you know, from my pragmatic view, like pretending that these human behaviors are not there is absurd. I think we need to lean into it and then come up with more pragmatic systems to include those, if that makes sense. So having these honest conversations like, hey, 
this is who I am. And you don't have to share this information with, you know, your potential wife or husband on the first date. Right. But like, you know, like this is who you I show am. for coffee. You know, so just so you know, I, I, I prefer <laughs> this. this. If yeah. not, I'm going to be on B on it. You know what I mean? But it takes time. You know, even the yeah. whole sexuality thing. A lot of people are, in my opinion, are on a spectrum of bisexuality. A lot of men don't feel comfortable talking about these kind of things because of the homophobia that, you know, mm-hmm. it could trigger. A lot of women were like, oh, I don't really, you know, that kind of, I don't want, you know, to compete with men and women at the same time. Thing. All kinds of malarkey. I think leaning into it. Oh, it's a thing. Yeah, oh, it's a real thing. Thing. I don't want to compete with both. Yeah. Like, would you rather, you know, it's not going to, you're still going to be bisexual if he's bisexual. The difference is that you don't know, mm-hmm. you know? So if he's going to cheat on you, not that the fact that he's bisexual is going to definitely be definitively a reason for him to cheat on you. But if he's going to cheat on you, he'll still cheat on you anyway. See, this is one of the things. Um, yeah. And I don't know, we might wind up cutting this product so, <laughs> so off topic. But it's something that I've always wondered. Maybe you can help me understand it. So, I've heard this. That it's like, well, if if a guy or a girl is bisexual, yeah, then they can't be satisfied with only one. That's not true. That, but I've heard this before. That's not true. That yeah. is that. It wouldn't be true, right? But how does this how does this get started as a thing? Like, you will never be truly fulfilled unless you are are having an active sex life with both types of people that you're attracted to that is that is a that is um a biphobic or homophobic mindset that's sort of like this can't be right yeah that's sort of like okay you as a heterosexual man right you may find a blonde woman attractive maybe you mess around with a blonde woman at some point and red haired and all of that does that mean that you're going to cheat on your wife with a blonde or whatever no when you're with someone you're committed to that person irrespective of whoever or whatever is around so if a man is going to cheat on you it, it, he would cheat on you, period. Yeah. Has nothing okay. to do with sexuality. See, this is what I always thought, but I was like, am I crazy? But, okay, you're confirming that I was not crazy then. So yeah. I was like, how does that make any difference? It, it doesn't make what any someone's difference. choices are, you know? It's just, it's ignorance. It's a mentality okay. that's, that's filled with ignorance. But we're almost out of time. I do want oh. to wrap up. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I do, I think I see, I, I don't know enough of Nietzsche to... Um, to know if I fully 100% align with what he's saying or not, but I can get why a lot of Christians, quote unquote, may find what he's saying problematic. Well, and if your Christianity looks like what he's talking about, could, I could also see that then, being problematic as well. Yeah, it might be like, oh, he's critiquing me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and like I said, I don't think he's right about Christianity, but I have met some people that seem kind of like. The Christianity he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a temptation within the church. I, I I think this whole thing is one of the reasons why I walked away from religion because I just there's too much rules and too much this and that. I believe that the truth courses through my soul. I don't need to go to the church. I don't need to go to a Buddhist monk. I don't need to do all this, all of this stuff. I do know that some people possibly will need it, maybe. But I, me as an individual, I don't think I need it at this phase in my life. I think organized religion for me as an individual creates a lot more chaos and 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 reinforces my distortion so um i just rather walk in silence in my on my own because i believe in my ability to tap into that truth on my own 
still does not negate the fact that through organized religions, you're able to still tap into that noumena of what is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's a possibility that that's what he is, you know, he's arguing against. And a lot of my approach, you know, I consider myself a hardcore pragmatist. You know, a lot of the things that a lot of Christians have said or try to interpret the Bible or whatever it is, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I try to be as intentional as possible to break it down as to how this doesn't make any sense. But you think it makes sense because, or at least you believe it makes sense because this is this is what was hammered in your head from when you were younger. But like, dude, you have a brain. You know what I mean? Use it. You don't have to continue the same pattern. You can still be Christian, yeah. love God, but you don't have to conform to literally 100% as this text was written by someone who was rotten in the grave from how many years ago? Who doesn't even know how to use toilet paper? Who doesn't even Divinely know? Divinely inspired, though. Come on. <laughs> but that is still, there's still a level of fallibility that, that, that is, you know, the human fallibility that is that's still... Um, represented in that in that divine inspiration. Yes, it, I'm divinely inspired. If I'm if I'm being honest, talking about this is divine inspiration, but there's still that human essence still, whether it's in the way I talk, you know, my high pitch, low pitch, you know, the way I use English verbiage wrongly and things like that. That part is human. But when you listen to what I'm saying with spiritual discernment, you can tap into that truth, that divine um, uh, inspiration is what I'm saying. So, yes, be Christian, read the Bible, but read it with your own spiritual discernment and not just tick the box because some divinely inspired guy from God knows what and wrote God knows what. That's absurd to me. You know, if you if you ever want to invite me back on. Yeah, of course. We should we should talk religion like real um, like really walk through some of the differences that we have as far as I think it would be really interesting. Of course. So if you if you ever want to, of course, I'm, I'm, I would be all over that. Oh, dude, I'll yeah. I'll clear my schedule for you because okay. you know philosophy. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Doctor Hamadi. Oh, I, I this thank you, Jay. I do not want this to get go too long because I feel like with you and I will be here all day. Yeah. But this has been wonderful. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for coming. I, I know you got to go. But um, I want to wrap it up. I really do appreciate this. And I hope that uh, we can do this again. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for your hospitality. Th- thank you for coming. Uh, you want to? Before we leave, do you want to give people how to find your information? Yeah. How to find uh, you? So I'm at Houston Christian University. So if you want to email me, my, uh, my email is uh, rhamati, R-H-E. M-A-T-I at hbu.edu and uh, I welcome questions of course or I'll, I'll keep an eye on the comment section maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll pop in <laughs> this is the end of today's episode thank you so much for joining us today um, please make sure to download share with your friends and family if you are watching on YouTube hit the subscribe button please also hit that bell notification so anytime I upload a video you'll be notified right away please share your comments down below I do want to hear what you guys have to um, I want to hear you guys' opinion on everything we've talked about. Do you agree? Do you not agree? Follow me on all social media, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter at LTAU with Uche. And my Instagram is UC underscore images. Thank you so much. Until next episode. Peace out. Peace out.